Welcome to the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio. I'm your host, Katie Appled. I'm the executive director of Do More Good and Nonprofit Hub. One of my favorite job duties is hosting this podcast. Each week, I get to talk to nonprofit leaders, influencers, and innovators who are changing the sector. You see, we know that you're already doing good. We've designed this podcast to help nonprofits who are doing good to find new ways and new resources to grow. So tune in weekly, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. We look forward to helping you move from good to growth. We'd like to thank today's sponsor of the Good to Growth podcast, Dipjar. Dipjar is changing the game of fundraising with their cashless donation jar and an integrated payment platform that enables joyful, engaging, and frictionless giving. With Dipjar, organizations of any size can collect donations anywhere and create more giving moments. Learn more about Dipjar at dipjar.com and follow them on social media at Dipjar. always meet fantastic folks at nonprofit conferences, and today's guest is no exception. I'm going to be talking to Teresa Huff. She is a renowned grant writing consultant and a grant writer herself, and she also is the host of the um, Grant Writing Simplified podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. She has helped hundreds, thousands of nonprofits to maximize their impact using grant funding. And she has a great backstory of how she gets got started. It's humble. It's true. It's an amazing origin story that will mirror many of our own. But her impact today is incredible. She has helped organizations raise over $7 million. She's had over 3,000 grant writing students, which is just amazing. So, I encourage you to tune in for the full episode because she will be sharing tips, resources, and we've also partnered with Teresa to offer a grant writing basics course, and she'll be talking about what that includes and why you should all be signed up for it. Let's get started. Teresa Huff, for our audience, give them a little bit of your background, what you do, how you help nonprofits. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I enjoyed the conference too, because it was nice meeting another leader in the space that is really working to provide resources for nonprofits. So that was an exciting connection for me too. Um, I started out as a grant writer about, well, gosh, 2005. So it's been a few years now. Before that, I was a special ed teacher, and I left teaching because I wanted to stay home when we started a family, and then heard about a lady nearby who did grant writing, and I asked if she'd be willing to meet for coffee and just let me ask her a few questions, because we didn't have Google yet. I didn't have all the resources today, which now it's the opposite problem. There's so much out there, and so she agreed, and by the end of our conversation, she said, you know, I'm looking to add a couple people to my team if you're interested, so I jumped at the chance to work with her for a couple of years and learned so much because she did the big federal grants and 
taught workshops on grant writing. So I just absorbed everything I could. She was a wonderful mentor. And then when we moved away, I branched out and started my own consulting business from there. And so over time, I was able to kind of see patterns and look at things, learning a lot of things the hard way as a new grant writer, new consultant, how to handle different business aspects, how to handle when nonprofits come to me wanting something, but then later realizing, oh, that's not what they needed. They really needed some other pieces first. And so I started to see patterns and realized those clients who were the most successful over time had certain key pieces in place. And so now I have shifted, instead of doing direct grant writing myself, I do more of advising on that strategic piece of it. I teach grant writers how to build a career and be more effective. And also I work with nonprofits on their strategy so they can build a more sustainable grant writing plan over time that's actually a lot more successful than just trying to fire off applications and hope we get money in. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the word strategy because I think I think a lot of nonprofits still see grants as kind of like a windfall. Like it's going to be this huge influx of money that sets them up for six months or a year. And, you know, I don't want to say it's been oversimplified, but I think to some degree it has because it's actually a long game and you do have to have a strategy. So talk to us a little bit about that. What is the reality of having a strong grant funding program? You're absolutely right because it is a long game and there's a lot of misconceptions about that because everybody hears about grants. They know what grants are. They have to do with getting money for nonprofits. And I think there's this feeling of we should be getting more. We should be getting grants. But as opposed to, like you mentioned, there is a more strategic approach. And so understanding those misconceptions first is key so that we can set those aside and realize we need some good, solid foundational pieces in place first. We need to have a good board of directors that's involved, a part of the fundraising, the strategic planning of several board members, not just our three best friends or relatives. We need to have a good working board in place. We need to have multiple sources of funding, not just grants or not just the founder footing the bill for everything. Mm -hmm. But the grant funders want to see that you have several streams of income and that if something happened to any one of those, you're not going to fall apart, mm -hmm. that you've got a sustainable foundation for your funding. And then to make sure that you're actually serving clients, that your programs are in place, up and running, and that you have that service to show and that you're collecting data on the impact you're making in the community. Then you can start looking at an appropriate grant strategy based on where you are in your development. If you start it too soon, it's just going to be so much time and resources in an effort that you're not quite ready for. So your efforts are better used on those other pieces first. Okay, so you kind of answered a question that we get all the time. I would say it's actually our most common question related to grant writing, and that is, how do I get a startup grant? And my response is that they, I mean, I know it happens, but it happens like unicorns. I mean, it, it's, it's almost non-existent. 
Can you affirm that? (laughs) You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) It's one of those dreams that everybody wishes for, but if it were actually true, we would all have startup grants, right? I mean, every nonprofit, every business, we would all be just rolling in the startup money. But the problem is grant funders don't want to be your first dollar or your only dollar. They want to invest in existing programs to help you expand and build those and make them better not start them from scratch. It's a ter- it's sort of like looking for your ROI in the business world, your return on investment. But in the grant world, they're looking for a return on impact. Mm-hmm. So where can they make the most impact? Which one is a better investment in the work in the community? And which place is going to be the most sustainable and the most of a sure bet in that regard? Absolutely. Thank you for thank you for affirming that. <laughs> Your instincts are right. Yeah, it's a nice dream, but it, it yes. often doesn't come true. Yeah. So recently, and I'm going to get a little bit personal here, one of the organizations that I'm involved with, they were getting grant funding um, for many years in a row. I mean, I would say like 10 plus years in a row. A consistent grant funder would issue them a grant. I feel like the application was almost a formality. Um, I don't even know if it was reviewed. And then out of the blue, they were notified that they're not going to be receiving this grant money anymore. And unfortunately, this organization had received the grant for so long that they actually budgeted for it. It's part of their programmatic budget. And... uh, Unfortunately, this isn't the only instance of this I've heard of, especially with COVID. A lot of funding priorities changed. How can, I mean, is there a way nonprofits can avoid a situation like that? Is there something you think they could have done? That's a tough one. And that's especially tough when you have built those relationships over time and you start to kind of count on that money. And the problem is grants are never a sure thing. Funding can be changed at the last minute. I was working with a client who had a good relationship long-term with a funder. And there was a year during COVID where it kind of felt risky. And they had told us, you know, we just don't have as much money to give out this year. Our investments have really gone down. Everything's taken a big hit with COVID. So we can't guarantee that we can continue for now. And so at least we had that heads up and we did end up getting funded for that again, but that's tough. And, you know, it's really tricky between trying to anticipate how many grant awards you'll get versus not counting on that income. And so that's where like, how much do you put in the budget? And it depends. You can look at your historical trends of what are those odds of how many you're applying for versus how much you're getting. But I would also, I tend to be conservative on those estimates because you don't know. And so sometimes I recommend to clients, depending on their situation, of course, but sometimes it's good to have a good, better, and best goal. Like if all your grant funding comes in, that would be so amazing. Here's what we could do. But say we got no grant funding. We just had to rely on our other sources. What could we do to keep the doors open, keep things running, and not be a disaster to our operations and our programs? And then kind of work within those two extremes to figure out, okay, based on that, here are the levels we could accomplish depending on what grant funding we get in. 
I love that. That's such sage advice. Um, especially with nonprofits, I feel like we treat budgets like they're gospel. Like we can't, um, we can't break the budget or not meet the budget, but really they're tools. They're strategic tools and we should yes. be more flexible with them. That's, yes. that's great insight. That's a great way of putting it because I have seen that a lot too. People are afraid to put it in the budget because it's set in stone then and it's not flexible, but the budget is a tool to work for you, not for you to be enslaved to the budget. So yes. that's where sometimes people are just so afraid to have any flexibility with it, but that's what it's designed for. It's a guideline to give you a goals to work towards, but it's not so restrictive that you can't adjust within that. Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Good to Growth podcast. At countless moments in life, we're moved to express generosity and gratitude, donating to a charity, supporting a school, or giving to a local cultural institution. These moments make up the fabric of the everyday, and there are opportunities to express our investment in the people, causes, and norms that we value. At Dipjar, they're committed to improving the world of fundraising. They work hard to ensure the success of their customers, the thousands of nonprofits dedicated to causes that serve our community. They understand how important fundraising is for your organization, and they celebrate your success as their own. That's why they help you find new, creative ways to reach your donors in person and virtually. Create more giving moments with Dipjar today. Visit dipjar.com to get started. Now here's Katie and the rest of her conversation with Teresa Huff. Teresa, you have had a podcast for a while now. I'm a fan. Um, Grant Writing Simplified. And folks, we will make sure we put a link in the podcast notes so you can listen in as well. But I'm curious, like, what's your favorite topic that you've tackled? Or what's maybe a favorite audience question you've received? That's so, (laughs) that's a tough question because there are so many. (laughs) But yet, the most common question I hear is, where do I start? with grants. That's the one I hear the most from grant writers, from nonprofits, even from people who have read books. They're still asking, where do I start? And so I've created some episodes specifically around that, helping them know where to start just step by step. And that's where the name came from, Grant Writing Simplified. It may not be super easy. There may be a lot of complexities, but we can break it down and make it simple. And then as far as an episode... There was one recently that was kind of surprising to me because I didn't expect it to be that popular, but the download numbers on it, for some reason, just really seemed to jump ahead of the others. And it was on how can we use constraints as a catalyst for creativity instead of roadblocks? And it was kind of a spinoff from an article I had recently read, but it was more geared towards the business world. And sometimes we run into constraints. And so I thought, well, that is so common in the nonprofit world. I hear that a lot. Oh, our budget's so tight. We don't have enough funding. I'm wearing all the hats. I don't have this. We can't afford that. We need a building. Like all these constraints and it is tough and it's an uphill battle. So I'm not making light of it whatsoever. But what if we reframe those boundaries as actually good constraints that, okay, we know we have these parameters. Mm -hmm. So how can we get creative and find some unique 
solutions that we might not have thought of if we didn't have those constraints to work with and those parameters. So that actually ended up being a really fun episode. And from the download numbers, I guess it resonated with people just because of all the challenges we've had the last couple of years. I think people were just ready to reframe how we're looking at problems and instead realizing, wait a minute, maybe there's a new way to look at this, or maybe we can actually make something good out of this hurdle instead of beating our heads against the wall. So that was a fun one. That is like the one thing, I mean, other than our tax status, that's the one thing we all have in common is we have some constraints. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. I love that though. I love that you're taking um, taking your weaknesses and actually making them your strengths. That's right. Great. I will also link to that specific episode in the podcast notes because I know I'm going to want to check it out as well. Um, so you do the podcast. You also have this fantastic course called Grant Writing Basics that we are actually incorporating now into Nonprofit Hub. So I think you've kind of shared a little bit of the background of you know why you wanted to um, help nonprofits get started, but talk about the inspiration for that course um, and maybe give our listeners a little bit of an insight into what they can expect in it. Sure. The reason I first started with that was initially to test the waters and see if there was any interest. And it kind of grew organically and there was interest. So I just went from there and went into creating more courses and coaching. But the, the reasoning behind it was there are plenty of things out there that teach what's in a grant. What are the parts of a grant? or resources for where to find grants. Like you can go to the databases and all that. But my course teaches more of what you need to know before you start writing grants. The common myths that we run into, which I'm sure you've heard a lot of them if we compared notes. <laughs> Some of the, it does address like what are the basic parts of a grant, but also how to think more strategically to be more competitive with your grants, how to think like a reviewer and consider what reviewers are looking for, how to find grants, and also what key things to look for first in your grant search so that you can weed out quickly and not spend a ton of time going down rabbit holes, which as researchers, we love to do, but it's not always productive when there's so many grants out there. It just helps give that early foundation to break it down and not be so overwhelming and take it step by step of how to get started and how to take that next phase into then starting to write the grants, but in a better informed way. I need that course. Um, I think anyone, <laughs> anyone working in the nonprofit sector, whether you've dabbled in grant writing or whether you have a successful program, it doesn't hurt to go back and understand the basics so you can have an even stronger approach. If you yes. are interested in the Grant Writing Basics course, I strongly encourage you to check it out. It's at nonprofithub.org, and you can find it under our Courses tab. Again, we are hugely excited to have a course taught by Teresa Huff available to all of you, so check that out. I'm so honored to be partnering with you to offer that because my goal is to help get it out there and educate as many people as possible in how to be more competitive and more successful long-term, ultimately to impact their missions. But people have said, 
some with grant writers that they feel more comfortable now starting with grants, but then also others who are involved on a board or trying to help a nonprofit, they've said, this makes sense now. And now I feel like I have some talking points of going to the board to explain certain pieces, even if they're not the grant writer, they can speak the language and understand what the grant writer needs and some of those parts. So hopefully it'll help your listeners too. And we can just get more people out there better equipped to help their nonprofits. Amen. I know one, um, one way we've kind of been promoting it because another question we're often asked is how can I get a competitive edge trying to find employment in the sector? And, you know, we always encourage professional development because that is, you know, that is why we exist. That is nonprofit hubs purpose. But I feel like having a basic understanding of grant writing, even if you're not a grant writer, man, that can help you in an executive position. It can help you in a fundraising position. It's just something that a good, well-rounded nonprofit professional should have. For sure, because really in a nonprofit, maybe they do have a grant writer on staff, but most likely that process is going to affect others on the team. They're going to need to collect data. They're going to need information. They're going to need testimonials and interviews. And it's so helpful if the others can understand the process and the importance of the timelines and getting the information back and forth and what kind of information. So yeah, it's going to benefit anyone involved, board members to employees and volunteers, the whole picture. It's part of a rising tide movement for the whole sector. I love yes. it. I love it. Well, Teresa, in every program, we have a segment where we ask our guests to share a bit of good news for the nonprofit sector. This can be um, something you see coming, something you see happening, or just something delightful that you want to share. Let's see. I love this question. And it's, it's a tough one to answer because... There is a lot of good news, even in the midst of, you know, uncertainty and inflation and recession and craziness. But I know like coming out of the pandemic, giving was higher than ever in nonprofits. So to me, that's really encouraging. I also hear and see from a lot of different people working in the space. And there are a lot of good people behind the scenes. We don't hear about them. We don't see them because they're not vocal or they're not in the limelight. But there are so many good people working for such good causes that I just want people to hear this, that you are not alone in your efforts and in your struggles and your challenges and in your wins. There are a lot of other people out there in that same situation. And it really is incredible to see how many good-hearted people are out there working quietly doing their thing. And so if somebody's feeling isolated and alone and questioning, I just want them to know that <laughs> that they're really, I mean, there's a lot out there who are cheering you on, maybe from afar, maybe silently, but they really, really are. It's worth it. What a great note of encouragement. I, I love that. That is good news. It is good news that we are all in this together. Absolutely. Yes. And it's we're not alone. 
And sometimes it's just a matter of reaching out with an email or a message or connecting with someone on LinkedIn and just saying, hey, I noticed you're in the space too. I really like what you're doing. Or, you know, just small, simple things. It doesn't have to be a huge ordeal or expensive undertaking. It can just be starting to build relationships and building a support network. Oh, can you imagine if each of us did that? Like just every week, just pick one fellow nonprofit professional and send them some encouragement. Takes five seconds. Wow. What would that do? Oh, I love that idea. We should challenge all the listeners today. (laughs) There's your assignment. Absolutely. (laughs) Teresa, it is always a joy to talk to you. I am so thankful for your expertise and your willingness to share it with our audience. Thank you. I appreciate the work you're doing and it's such an honor to be a small part of it. hope you took as many notes during that interview as I did. I feel like Teresa is such an excellent resource for any organization looking at grant writing. If you want to get started in our grant writing basics course, I would encourage you to go to nonprofithub.org and it's listed under the courses tab. Now you can sign up to take the course on an individual basis or you can make it your certificate course selection as part of a premium membership. Our premium members get an all-access pass to Cause Camp, either virtual or in-person, if that's what you prefer, as well as one certificate course, and Teresa's course does qualify for a certificate. This is an amazing thing you can add to your resume. It's a way to bolster your current organization's grant writing program, or maybe put you in a position for an even better role. Now, again, you can check this out at nonprofithub.org and it's under the courses tab. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For more tools, tips, and techniques on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio.